Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. How are you guys tonight? Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah. Did y'all like the uh, snow day you had last week? Yep. Think we'll have another one this week? You know there's more snow coming Sunday, right? So you may have another day off on Monday. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? What? Other oh, teachers have to go anyway, right? So sad. So sorry, so sad. <laughs> well, it's great to be with you guys here tonight. How many of y'all are Marvel movie maniacs? Yeah? Yeah, me too. It's like one of my favorite things, and I'm 52 years old and I still love it. But how many of you guys have seen the, the new Spider-Man movie, No Way Home? Is that not like the best movie you've ever seen? Yeah? So... So those of you who haven't seen the movie, I'm gonna, there's a little spoiler alert here, right? So those of you who haven't seen, the last two Spider-Man stars are in this movie. Oh, yeah, shock, right? So, so this is, this is the, the slide that I have tonight. So, of course, I was here you know, years ago, probably around 12 years ago, as Kate was talking about, and I used to be the youth pastor here. Um, and so you got a much better... Uh, youth pastor now with Matt. So it's kind of odd for me to come back. So it's kind of like this movie here tonight, right? So Matt's sort of like the new Avenger. He's like the Tom Holland Spider-Man, and I'm the old, decrepit Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, right? But I can make my own webs, right? For those of you that have seen the movie, you'll catch that if you, if you, if you remember. Well, I am really excited to be here tonight. And I'm glad to be here. So last week, Matt mentioned that he was starting a new series. Does anybody remember what it is? Right. Yeah, a little bit of help there. And I'm super excited tonight because tonight we get to start the very first part of that series with the topic of creation. So when you think about creation, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? That much, huh? What is it? Garden of Eden? Okay. Creation of the world. world. Adam and Eve. Eve. Yep, exactly. All those things are right. When you think about creation today, what do you think about? Nature. Nature. Yep, we're going to talk about that tonight. What else? Society. Society. What about society? It's very technologically advanced. Yes, it is. Technologically advanced. That's right. Hence the slides. Right? But when you think about creation today, do you ever think about the imperfectness of it? The, the stuff that goes wrong? Things don't go right like they, they did when creation began, you know, 2000 or thousands of years ago, right? So I came up with a couple of reasons why creation or the world needs some help today. Now, but before I show you this, okay? I do have to give this disclaimer. Please do not try this at home. Why you got it? The other dude had it coming up. (laughs) (laughs) You guys have seen that one before, right? The milk crate challenge. Okay, here's one more. All right, all right, come on. When, do it, can you? My mom was calling. Let's go. 
were these people thinking? Right? I mean, what were they thinking? So what's wrong with the world today? But seriously, though, when you, when you, there are some real serious reasons why creation needs help today. And I can think of four things right off the top of my head. First thing that comes to my mind is sickness. There's probably not one of us here in this room that hasn't been touched by some kind of sickness, particularly in the last two years, right? With COVID, the craziness of all of that, having to wear the masks, having to, you know, social distance. How many of you guys in your family, somebody in your family has had COVID? Yeah, just about everybody in here, right? But not just, not just COVID, right? There's other sicknesses. You know, statistics say today that 1,500 people die each day of cancer. 1,500 people a day. 5,000 people die every day as a result of AIDS. There's a lot of sickness in this world. Second thing that comes to my mind is, man, we've got a lot of bad people in this world, don't we? There's a lot of bad people in this world. Hardly a month goes by that we don't hear about some crazy yahoo walking through a church or in the middle of a school and starts shooting up the place and just leaving death in his path, right? There's a lot of bad people. Another reason maybe why, why uh, creation needs help today is poverty. Recent statistics say that over 22,000 children die every day as a result of poverty. Now wrap your mind around that number. 22,000 kids every day. And then there's hunger, right? We hear a lot about hunger. Over 16,000 children die every day because they don't have anything to eat. Well, now that we're all depressed... What if we lived in a perfect world? Wouldn't that be nice? What do you think it would be like? Maybe it would look something like this. Maybe. How many of you guys like the ocean? How many of you guys like the mountains? Oh, yeah, those are my people right there. Yeah, yeah. And if we lived in a perfect world, what would we look like? Now, Here's what I think I would look like, the guy on the left, if we lived in a perfect world. And of course, Matt would say he would look like the guy on the right. <laughs> now, what if I told you that such a perfect world was possible? Once upon a time, it did exist. And guess what? It's going to exist again. So what I want to do tonight is travel back to a time before death, before decay, before destruction, before sickness, before anxiety, before depression, before sadness. And in order to do that, let's look at Genesis 1, chapter 1. We're going to go through this very quickly because this is binge the Bible, right? So we're going to go hurriedly through this first chapter of Genesis. Now, I know that probably every single person in here has probably heard the first chapter of Genesis at some point in their lives, or you've read it yourself. But I don't, I don't look at it that way tonight, okay? Because there are several phrases that I want to pick out. I really want you to pay attention and listen to these key phrases when, when we point them out, okay? So let's get started. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Good, they're up there. <clears throat> By the way, thank you guys for helping me with these slides. Jordan did these slides tonight. 
could not have done it without him. Thank you for running all that stuff back there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters from the heavens from the earth, and the waters of the earth. And that's exactly what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of heavens, and God called the space sky. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the second day. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that's what happened. God called the dry ground land and the waters seas, and God saw that it was what? Good. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that's exactly what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of the seed-bearing plants, and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the third day. Then God said, let the lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, the days, and the years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that's what happened. God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water and every sort of bird, each producing offspring, offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Let the fish fill the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And evening passed and morning came, marking the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And this is exactly what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look. I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruits of the trees for your food. And I've given every green plant as food for the wild animals, the birds of the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that's what happened. Then God looked over all he made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. 
So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. And on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. Because it was the day when he rested from all of his work of creation. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. So what's true about the world? What? Who said that? Yeah, God made it. That's right. It came from God. Did you hear anything in here about evolution or theistic evolution? No, no. God made it. He was the star of the show. He created it all. Did you know everything worth anything has a creator? Have you ever thought about that? Everything that's worth anything has a creator. Here's a couple of examples. See if you guys know who these people are. Anybody know who this is on the left? Yeah. What did he create? Tesla. Tesla. Yeah. Anybody recognize this guy on the right? Steve Jobs. What did he create? iPhone. iPad. iPods, for those of you that don't remember what that is. Right? So in other words, Apple. Right? He created Apple. Everything that's worth anything has a creator. Twelve times in this chapter that we read, in the first chapter of Genesis, we heard the phrase, and God said. He created it all simply by his voice, simply by saying words. It was effortless, effortless for him. God spoke, and the Milky Way galaxy appeared. The Milky Way galaxy. Does anybody have any idea how big this galaxy is? You science nerds out there, you remember? It's pretty big. It's pretty daggone big. Actually, 120,000 light years wide. Does anybody know what that translates to in miles? You remember? Close. Yeah? Eh, a little more. 5,888,000,000,000 miles wide is the Milky Way galaxy. God created something that big and that awesome simply by saying, let there be. And there it was. Not only that, he gives us the opportunity to see 3,000 other galaxies from where we are here on earth. And there's even more than that. God created the day, the night, the sky, moon, stars, plants, everything that breathes simply by saying, let it be, let there be. And when it was finished... What did he keep saying about the creation? It was what? It was good. But did you notice when he got to the human beings, what did he say about that? It was very good. Why do you think he said it was very good? Did you catch the phrase, how they were made? They were made in his image. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Because they were made in his image. So what was it like? What was the world like that he created? It was good. It was very good. Yeah. It was perfect, right? What made it perfect? Because he made it. There was an actual perfect and balanced relationship for the first time between creation, man, and God. That's why it was perfect. There was no record of fighting. There was no record of disease. There was no record of death. No depression, no anxiety, no bulimia, <laughs> right? No worry, no fear. 
Sounds like a pretty good place to live, doesn't it? Everything worked like it was designed to. It's like the new iPhone, right? I got the new iPhone. The iPhone 13 Pro Max, right? It's not a perfect phone, right? But if, it, if he created it when he created creation, did you catch that? It would have been perfect. There would be no need for version 13. The first one would have worked just fine. But you know what really made it perfect? Adam had a face-to-face friendship with God. Face-to-face friendship with God. I'm going to read this to you. It's not up on the screen, but listen to Genesis 2, 19 and 20. So the Lord formed all for the... So the Lord formed from the ground all the wild animals and the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, all the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. God and Adam actually worked together in naming the animals and enjoying the creation that God made. And then God would come and visit him. In the cool of the evening. Now, could you imagine what it must have been like to have scheduled face-to-face time with God? Gives a new perspective at FaceTime, doesn't it? Yeah. Could you imagine what that must be like? What that would have been like? Just sitting back on the peat moss, hanging out with God? How cool would that have been? I think it would be pretty cool. But then what happened? Something happened, right? Something changed. Adam and Eve made a wrong choice, right? You know that story. They disobeyed God. Matt's going to talk a little bit more about that next week, but suffice it to say, their disobedience broke the entire balance of creation. It's like downloading a virus on your brand spanking new MacBook, right? Anybody ever done that before? Have you ever downloaded a virus? Unintentionally, of course. Yeah. That happened to me when I was in grad school. Awfulest thing ever. I had two papers on my laptop. I had all of these blackboard questions that I had answered, right? And then I get hit with ransomware. I never got it back. I had to start all over again. Terrible day. Awful day. Something happened. Creation still works, right? I mean, tomato plants still produce tomatoes right? Pepper seeds still produce peppers. Corn still produces corn, right? But it certainly doesn't work the way God intended it to to back when he originally designed it. Romans 8, 20 through 23 says this, against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join with God's children in glorious freedom from decay and death. For we know that all creation has been groaning as as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope and for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies that he's promised us. And I am so hoping that these new bodies fly. How about you guys? Would you like to fly? I've always wanted to fly. That'd be the coolest thing. Maybe maybe they will. I don't know. I don't know. 
But we went from perfection, help, a face-to-face relationship with God to sin, sickness, death, decay, what we have now, right? But worst of all, we ended up being separated from God. That's pretty depressing, pretty sad. So it begs the question, are we hopeless? What do you guys think? Are we hopeless? No, that's the best part. God has never, nor will he ever, give up on his creation. Why? Because he loves us too much. We just read Romans 8, 20 through 23, and it described our hope, right? Let me read it to you one more time real quick. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present day. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. There's that phrase. A foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? God has not, nor will he ever, give up on us. There's going to be a day that creation is going to be restored. He just said it would, right? But he calls us to do two things while we wait for that time to happen. First thing he calls us to do is to be restored to him. Restored to him. How do you think you're restored to him? Any ideas? How do you be restored? How can you be restored to him? You have to be saved. You have to choose to accept him as your savior, to be restored to him. And then secondly, to work with him to restore the lives of others, making disciples. So you're sitting here and you guys may ask, okay, great, David, this is really good. Really good story. Glad to hear that everything in the end is, you know, just like a Marvel movie. It's all going to come out in the wash. Everything's going to be great, right? But what in the world does all of this have to do with me? I mean, what's my part in all of this? Well, I'm glad you asked. So based on what we just talked about, we need to change the way that we see things. And the first thing that we need to change is the way that we see the world. The way that we see the world. Nature is a creation of God in order to honor God. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies show off his art. So how do you treat God's world? You know, when you're driving down the road or riding down the road and you look out, you know, along the interstate and you see the, the litter and the pollution and the waste and all that stuff. And maybe some of your monster cans and Red Bull cans and Starbucks cups, Right? We need to take time to celebrate God's creation. He's given it to us to enjoy. And even though we live in a fallen world, we need to remember that God is coming to restore all things. We just read about that. He is going to restore all things. The second thing that we need to change is the way that we see others. There's two ways to see others, right? There's the way everyone else sees people. The everyone else's look at people and maybe they're a little bit different and they say, what is wrong with that person? 
Why are they so different? What's wrong with them? And then there's the way that we should see people. And that's the fact that they're created by God. Are they weird? Yeah, maybe. Probably. But stop and ask yourself who made them. God did. Does God make a mistake? Has God ever made a mistake? No. No, he hasn't. So when you disrespect someone, you're disrespecting God's art. But when you build somebody up, you're valuing and restoring God's creation. Third thing that we need to change is the way that we see ourselves. How do you look at yourself? How do you view yourself? There's the world view, right? That most everybody teaches. Life is an accident. It just happened. It's a bunch of cells that all got together, and then all of a sudden, wham, all of this happened, right? And, and any differences or mutations are just problems, right? Some kind of a disease. But then there's God's view. And God's view says your life did not happen by chance. It is valuable and it is purposeful. You got two choices for viewing your life and your body. You can choose to honor God or you can choose to dishonor God. The choice is yours. But when you harm your body, you're destroying God's creation. You're part of that creation. So remember, you were created for a relationship with God, right? When we read all the way back in Genesis 1-1, right? He created it. Adam had a face-to-face -face relationship with God. That's what you were created for, a relationship with God. And then finally, we need to see the change. We need to change the way that we see God. We need to change the way that we see God. He's not some distant, non-personal, cosmic being out there somewhere that's not interested in you at all. Nothing could be further from the truth. He's the creator, which means if he created it, he had to be there before it was created, right? So he's always been, which makes him omnipresent. He is the creator, which means he's always been. He's the source of truth. He created it all, so he knows it all, which makes him omniscient. He's powerful. The creator is powerful enough to help his creation, and that creator wants to have a personal friendship and a relationship with you, his creation. He's loving even when we screw up. He didn't give up on us. We read that in Romans. He's coming back to fix the brokenness that we created. A minute ago, we answered the question, are we hopeless? You said no. I agree. But there is a caveat here. There's a catch, if you will. That only applies if you're a Christian. So let me ask you, are you a Christian? Have you met Jesus? You know, there's a reason why Bad things are going on. We live in a broken world because of sin. And Jesus is our only hope to be saved from this imperfect world and having that relationship that I've been talking about with him that you were created to exist in. If you're not a Christian or if you've never met him, can I tell you that the process is extremely simple? 
It's very simple. Realize that you're an imperfect sinner with no hope of being able to pay for that sin, this sin that we've been talking about, this debt that we all have. Then believe that God sent his son Jesus to come into this imperfect world to pay for that sin debt. And he did it by dying on the cross for you and for me. And then he rose victorious over sin, over death, paid for in full. And as a result of the love and the mercy and the grace that he gave, ask him to forgive you and become your Savior. It is really that easy. That's all there is to it. Thank you guys for your attention tonight. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I hope you got something out of this. Let's pray and we'll be dismissed. God, we love you. We thank you. We worship you. We thank you that you did create this world. Thank you for not giving up on us when we do screw up. Thank you for your promise that you will one day come and resolve all of this. Thank you for coming to the rescue for us so that we can be restored to you like we talked about tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd be with each one here. I pray that you'd give them a great rest of the week. I pray that you'd help them as they go through school and they, they study and, and uh, take their exams. And God, I pray that you'd help them to recall the things that they've studied. Just give them a great school year. Lord, we love you. I pray that you'd bring us back safely again next week. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.